right. This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. I'm sorry I jolted you, Dave. Uh, we have a special guest, Dave Garrett. Hey. Ger- Jared or Garrett? Garrett. Garrett. All right, and you are a actor, and I think you um, you run an organization, do you? Um, we run Seabrooms, yeah. I don't know that I run it. I, I, run, I run with it. <laughs> I tried pulling it up here, but I uh, don't have it anymore. But it's something about it. Creativity Museum? Is that yeah, but I think it's... Um, there's something else that you um, – shoot, I wish – about that time. That's what it is. About that time. Oh, gosh. That was uh, a, an ambitious project that turned into be a one-off project. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> maybe oh, at the museum, <laughs> the evening, the cabaret thing? Yeah, we did doing? something. It was uh, – we wanted to do something that was sort of a mashup of the moth and cabaret. So mm-hmm. we all kind of created – uh, moth-like monologues and then paired it with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for our initial voyage, we decided to uh, all do songs by Elvis Costello. I wonder whose idea that was. So, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I will not pretend not to I be can't, a fan. I have so many friends who are Elvis fans. I'm, I'm an Elvis I, fan as well. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Craig Dickerson and I get together, we grab the guitar and Strum a bunch of Elvis stuff. Uh, it's <laughs> just such a big catalog. It's like, yeah. well, what type of music do you want to hear? Okay, he has a song for that. Right. Exactly. No, he's very, very diverse, Elvis is. Um, so, yeah, so we'll learn more about that and also other things that you've been doing. Sure. As I begin all of my podcasts, how's your week, Norman? Wow! <laughs> I got an agent. Right Woo! on. Ah! And I'm in Midsummer Night's Dream. Excellent. Yes, I'm Good for I'm you. A happy man. From one Shakespeare play to another. I get like two weeks off, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to be directing Dracula. We were supposed to have a first rehearsal Tuesday, and then Friday, and mm-hmm. hopefully Monday. Yeah. And my Dracula's a woman, unless that's changed, but I think my Dracula's a woman, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. The guy who was up for the role uh, they cast as Harker, I think, and I think he decided that that just wasn't enough for him. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what I want to do. With Harker, because Harker shows up at the beginning of the story and then kind of disappears and then reappears at the end of the story. And I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do, like, some chase scenes. We're going to have vampires going after you. It's going to be fun. Mm. But, you know, I never got that chance to have that conversation. So you don't have a Harker? I don't know what we've got, um, because this is at the School of the Arts, Mm -hmm. and it is Elizabeth Carter's project. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she's trying to manage from New York as her show is in previews this weekend. That's right. For those who didn't hear, uh, she uh, got a call from Broadway, off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. Yeah. uh, From the uh, director and the playwright of Eureka Day. Mm -hmm. She had done it here at the Aurora. And either they couldn't cast it or they lost somebody or something, and they brought her out. Mm -hmm. And I hope she's having a good time. But I know she's also having to try and manage things back here because school started. Mm. And she's now the head of the program. So getting somebody to cover that, getting me to cover some classes, and, oh, by the way, could you direct Dracula with me? Okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) With, Mm -hmm. quotation marks, (laughs) me. Well, really, for me, I've got like three, four weeks of do what I want. And then she reappears, and she's got a week and a half, and then they go into tech. So. Like, yeah, that's enough time for you to come back and maybe make some adjustments if you really hate what I do. But, you know, we – our history goes back. Um, so 
you know, she helped me run Oakland Public Theater. <laughs> she, we, we learned a lot together, so and yeah. we've been teaching together for years. I met Elizabeth Carter way back when. I won't mm-hmm. reveal how far back when, mm-hmm. uh, but we were both interns. It was, another, c- it was another century. Another, it. It, it was another mm-hmm. century. We were both interns at Cal Shakes mm-hmm. way back ah, then. Ah, Romeo and Juliet? Uh, this was, God, this was the summer of 1990. No, I know that, but, um, we I did the Scot- we did the Scottish play. Scottish play. Okay. We did, uh, oh, the Shylock play, the name. Always. Oh, Merchant. Merchant of Venice. Yeah. They did the Tempest, which I wasn't in, and mm. we did As You Like It. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's, she's. You know, we met up shortly after that, and then we've had this wonderful relationship that has just sort of bounced back and forth. And I love that in recent years, it's been Elizabeth going, "Hey, Norman, can you help me out with this?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's money. Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I gotta meet. I gotta meet this woman. I mean, obviously, she's very, very busy, but mm-hmm. you know, I just keep hearing so much uh, about her. So hopefully, we can get her in the chair one of these days. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've been th- postulating a theory uh, that, you know, it's in not the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's the six degrees of Norman G. Because <laughs> yes. if, if yes. everybody can be connected to Norman G somehow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Funny story. Yes. Uh, oh, God, now I've forgotten how many years ago. Nine years ago. Got married. Oh, right. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, invite my local friends, invite high school friends, inviting my family and whatnot. And uh, six degrees of Norman G. Norman G., when he was in high school, dated a young woman who had a younger sister mm-hmm. who is now married to my best friend from high school. So we show up, everybody wow. shows up at the wedding, <laughs> and it's like old school week for Norman G. Amazing, amazing. Oh, I went with uh, another each one reach one. Yeah. That's how I know Dave. Um, but uh, another partner from Each One Reach One, mm-hmm. uh, Tamika White. Yeah. And, uh, ah, Tam- Tamika. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and Tamika and I are having a great time. We pull in the parking lot. We're like, look, at there's got to be a bunch of white people. And this black woman walks by behind you know, behind our cars. We've just pulled in. I said, well, there's one. She said, yeah, but she probably knows one of us. And we're like, ah. We get in the receiving line, and I hear from behind me, oh, my God, it's Norman G. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing here? So when I hear this connection, I'm just like, wait a minute, this world is way too small. Yeah. Uh, either in this world, you've either done theater with Norman G. or you've dated Norman G. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Speaking of connecting things, so one thing I sort of was motivated by you, Norman. So I've been I've been auditioning. I've been putting myself out there. So next, week, actually on Monday, I'll be auditioning doing the generals at the Magic Theater. Oh, I too. think you're doing the same thing. Yeah, you're doing the equity. What I'm doing the non equity. I got a slot Monday at three. Oh, okay. I'm I'm done by then. Yeah. So, any case, but um, custom made. They're doing a show, and I went to their audition on Monday, this past Monday, mm-hmm. and it was. I had met at least four people that I've known from past production. I'm sure people go through this all the time. Like I met Radhika Rao, who mm-hmm. I did Skin of Our Teeth. And I've met Janet Jen Frumshaw, who I know from the Playwright Center, mm-hmm. and Leticia Duarte. Oh, yay! She auditioned, and of course, she did Cheer. She just finished doing Cheer, Story of a Dreamer. So, right. it's a wonderful thing about Bay Area Theater. You know, like you go into an audition, I was like, oh, I know that person, I know that person, and right. then you get to reminisce and all that stuff. It's very, very cool. Yeah. All righty. So, um, 
current events, uh, I'll just run through it, and you know, you may think of some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So a Florida jury convicted uh, Michael Drecker, uh, who tried to use stand your ground. He basically was an oh. individual who shot and killed an unarmed black person. Mm-hmm. And usually in Florida... Stand your ground is, right. you know, that's how um, it's the 11th it's, commandment. Yeah. It's how Zimmerman got away yeah. with um, murder, with, with shooting uh, Trayvon. Trayvon Martin. Yeah. But this time, Florida's like, no, you, that's not going to happen. So he was found guilty. So Yay. that's, I imagine that's progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, the press secretary, there's a new press secretary right. for Trump, yes. but he hasn't had, I had to know this. There's not been a press meeting or a formal press conference right. since Sarah Huckabee Sanders left. Yeah. Did you realize that? I did not realize that. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. And so I, apparently Trump is like, listen, the hell with that. I'm just going to sprout whatever I want to say. Right. And do whatever I want to do. So. Which he is. He is the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's in God. The I just, you know, I, I, I really, really want. Twitter to disappear so that we can get back to regular communication mm-hmm. yes. from a a president. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would be nice to have a president who was smarter than me. Right. I, you know, uh, that's to me that's minimum requirement. You would. Think. Who am I going to vote for? Yeah. I'm going to vote for someone smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, with Trump, well, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you about you know Trump uh, a little bit later uh, because I always ask my guests you know just what they are thinking about. There's an article on Thursday, uh, evangelical. So Trump came out against Jews, basically saying that Jews who go against no, only him, Jews that vote against exactly Demo- uh, vote Democrat, or, Democrat yes. or, um, or against Israel. Yeah, yeah, are uh, traitors. It's, uh, disloyal. Yes. Right. It's like yes. Well, it's like well, okay. So they're dis. Are they disloyal to Israel? Okay, it's a foreign government. It's okay to be disloyal to a foreign government. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, disloyal to him. Right. I, I didn't realize we had to ha- take a loyalty oath. Exactly. To exactly. Him. Mm-hmm. I. It just drives right. me nuts. And of course, I have another podcast, the Faith Podcast, that I have with Craig Dickerson. We right. talked all about this. Like, wait a minute, because and the article talked about and being evangelical. Christians mm-hmm. who are grabbing onto these Trump, you know, uh, Twitter feeds, right. and are putting it in the pulpit, basically saying yes, yes you know, and yes. it's very uh, what is it, pro-Zionist, anti-Zionist? I forget what the term is, but very anti-Semitic, yeah. and it's it's just very, it's sad, it's disheartening. That's it's all I freaky. can say. Yeah, it's freaky. <laughs> it's hard to believe that yeah. there will continue to be anything resembling intelligent discourse mm-hmm. about this because. How can that side? I, I just how can they? How can they defend anything? Well, and it, it's you know it goes back to the idea of that. We you know. Oh, I'm not an expert on on religion, so yeah. I don't have the words. Yeah. But it's the, you know the idea of the second coming cannot mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. until the capital of Israel right. is in. Right in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem and that yeah. Trump is for that, and therefore he's right. you know helping them get closer right. to yeah, the I, end goal. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, being pro-Israel. I mean, when I think about these the nation Israel, I think about Benjamin Netanyahu, uh-huh. and you know, he, uh, there I've heard. Uh, I don't want to step on a third rail, but sometimes there could be a very, um, very di- uh, not dictatorship like, but he could be very. 
hard line yeah. on attacking no, Palestinians. He's, he's dictatorial. There's yeah. no question. Of right, right, exactly. So I think for <laughs> any Jews who are against that, that's not necessarily being anti-Jewish or anti-Israel. Mm-hmm. But Trump is like, listen, it's my way or the highway. Right. And it's amazing. How many demographics is he going to piss off? He apparently doesn't need Jews to vote for him. He apparently doesn't need blacks, well, women. But see, this is where <laughs> – yeah. and I hate when people call him stupid. I don't think he's stupid. I think there's a lot he does. I think he's ignorant. There's a lot he doesn't know. But what he knows brilliantly is how to work the media. And this works. Jews who are in support of Israel will hear that in what he's saying and Mm -hmm. ignore the rest of it. The anti-Semites who hate them will hear that we're basically moving towards the second coming. So they will love that. He's not going to lose those people. Mm. He's not going to lose them. Yeah, what and, and, he knows yeah. how to. T- he attacks <clears throat> the same way that he's done with uh, funding. Uh, you know all his financial shenanigans, mm-hmm. so that he's beat up the blue states. Yeah, or tried to take money from the blue states. And as unfair as that is, the other states are kind of like, hey, that's not us, and we actually don't like those people. So yeah, go ahead and screw them. I feel like it's just more of that. Yeah, I uh, and and it's 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 the the great irony is you know. How can you bring, you know, anti-Semites and, you know, Jewish people together, you know, if you, you know, via hate? Right. So it's, 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 it's <laughs> rather, rather crazy. And on a lighter, lighter note, mm-hmm. so there was a woman who had the idea of putting an octopus on her face. Say what? <laughs> um, I uh, actually have a picture of this. A live one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a live Well, octopus. that's even dumber. Yeah, I have a picture. <laughs> I have a picture right here. <laughs> Uh, you see it, her? <laughs> Yikes. So this is in, I think it's, I'm trying to figure out, I think Was it's in it Florida. Was it just for a picture, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is on the Huffington Post, uh, basically she, in Washington, Washington State. Okay. So she's, uh, hanging out with her buddies, and I guess, uh, they're doing fishing, and one of them catches an octopus, and she's like, oh, this will be fun, I'll just put a tiny little octopus on her face. And of course, the octopus bit her face. Uh, she became paralyzed, I think, for – it took her a half hour to get the octopus off of her face. Mm-hmm. And she waited three days before going to the hospital. And her half of her face was paralyzed, half of her arm was paralyzed. Oh, my god! Luckily, she's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those, ooh, you know, let me put something on Snapchat or Twitter or something and, you know, get a nice picture and – Wait, what can you say? (laughs) What can you say? Well, the other one is, um, and it's funny, we we went out last night, which Mm -hmm. didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but we did find some place and sit down to eat. And, of course, you can't go almost nowhere anywhere where there aren't screens. Mm -hmm. All these great runners, you know, everybody's gearing up for the 2020. It was like, wow, really impressive stuff. But it makes me think of this other woman, and I wish I knew her name. Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, the gymnast who is just like all around Simone Biles. Holy, oh yes, yeah, she yeah she. Uh, I really amazing physics dissertations <coughs> on yeah. what she's doing. Wow. Oh, she broke it down. She broke it down. How she? Somebody um, wrote a story where they actually talked about what the physics of it was, and you know, partly how dangerous it is. Yeah, if she yeah. Misses even a thing, she's just. She's screwed. Yeah, no. You're she, not going to twist an ankle. You're going to kill she, your spine. Yeah, she's already made history. I think she's done things that no one, not even right. Nadia Comenci mm-hmm. or any of the others have done. It's you know, She's absolutely amazing. And she's speaking out against the sexual assault yes. that's yes, happened within uh, women's gymnastics. Yeah, that was and in beautiful. a very, very, very uh, tearful and but powerful way. It was wonderful. I saw so, um, Dave, I'll ask you this question. Are, yeah. you opti- are you optimistic about 2020 politically? Ah. Uh, you know, it's 
I'm optimistic in that the people who are dropping out of the Democratic race, it's like, oh, all right, I, I could have seen myself voting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, right. in, Jay Inslee was right. on <clears throat> Rachel Maddow the other night, and I don't, you know, I'm don't watch a lot of television. I'm actually kind of retreating from the world because it all is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. But Jay Inslee was on there, and he was announcing that he was withdrawing from the race, and he was talking about climate change, and he was speaking very intelligently. And it's like, wow, well, wait a minute. I would like to know more about this guy before he drops out because mm-hmm. he sounds well-spoken and intelligent and, mm-hmm. oh, but now he's gone. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and Hickenlooper at least is going to run for the Senate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I Inslee said he was going to announce something the following day, but I didn't see uh, what he uh, announced. Yeah, I so, I mean, there. I think that there are a lot of strong Democratic candidates. Right. Um, uh, we'll see, you know, who rises to the top. Yeah. The challenge is that I think that there are so many people who are just firmly in Trump's Mm-hmm. corner and based on i think you know just a couple of issues mm-hmm. i mean I, I, i've been thinking <clears throat> lately well you know if you had a anti-abortion democrat a you'd lose some of the democrats but you'd also be able to poach some of the republicans mm-hmm. yeah. for whom that is a pivotal issue they won't move on it and mm-hmm. they support trump because he represents that even yeah. I, you know He's not going to do anything to stop the anti-abortion movement. Yeah. And for them, it's a pivotal issue, and they won't move off of it. Right. Yeah, which is a shame. I read, I read an article actually just a couple of hours ago about Planned Parenthood sort of going private. They're not retrieving federal funding anymore. Right. And which means longer lines and more fees for women, and a lot of women just can't afford mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to have you know the health care. Uh, not necessarily about abortion, but you know, even just well, any healthcare, any healthcare thing. at all. Yeah. Most of what Planned Parenthood was not abortion; it was healthcare. Right. That's, yeah. It's not going away. It's just not going to get any federal support, and you know, more importantly, it won't be mm-hmm. given to these women as an option. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying, Dave. I mean, if there were uh, 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 an issue, a moderate issue that could sort of bring people together. Of course, you have to worry about n- not crossing a line that you know many Democrats don't wouldn't want to have crossed. Like right. some, some are very, very. It's like, hey, you know, pro choice is is a, as a, ma- a mandatory thing. One thing that I've always amazed me about uh, Republicans is how in how united they are, even if they're delusional in being united. I right. mean, Democrats is always, hey, my issue first, you know, other mm-hmm. than another issue, and they, they sort of divide people, which which is a shame. Well, and it, it's uh, you know the 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 lockstep behind President Trump uh, is all about, well, he's, I may disagree with him, he's a jerk, but he's going to get me reelected. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately yeah. it. But, yeah. And there are also, I mean, I, I know Republicans who are like, I hate Trump. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. I, I wish he'd shut up, but I like his policies. And it's like, <laughs> right. what? Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, they will they will hold their nose mm-hmm. and vote for him because 
they believe in some of the policies and what, putting right. forward. And what, yeah. else, what else do they have? What other options yeah. do they have? I'm sort of hoping that the economy collapses. I mean, he's already – I mean, Ooh. the Dow dropped, I think, 600 points the just by – The things we end up having to hope for. Holy yeah. Cow. Yeah. Yeah, 537, Yikes. something like that. Right, exactly, which was totally avoidable because, yeah. you know, he's doing this tariff thing the against tariff. China. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, I mean, the way he uses social media mm-hmm. – and, well, the way he uses all media, you know, he can say something off the cuff. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a, you know, something that he hasn't thought up. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something that he truly believes. Yeah. But 140 characters, he right. can say something, mm-hmm. and it affects the entire world. Yep. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to appreciate, or maybe he takes joy in messing with us. Sure. You know, to to what extent is you know the other day I guess he he joked about he wanted to give himself a congressional medal of honor, <laughs> oh, and it's wow. like okay, okay, but that gets picked up the media and right you know whether or not he was joking gets lost sure sure and it's it he's just he's reckless in the way he uses language yes yeah, he's very much a Teflon that's, Don that's a good way of putting it it's a polite word for it because I'm always I I'm I'm enjoying Twitter. Um, mostly because of the responses. If you're just insulting, I just skip it. But when you're accurate, like reckless is not insulting. It's not a poli- you know it's not a positive thing, but it is an accurate assessment of what this man is doing. Yeah. Idiot, I, I find often is the appropriate word. I'm like that's there's what he's doing is idiotic. It makes no sense. It is not thoughtful. It mm-hmm. is. But he knows that he can sort of get away with it. He can sort of – because usually politicians are like, wow, I've got to be really careful of what I say because I may mm-hmm. alienate people. And yeah. Trump really just doesn't care. Right. He and just wants people talking about him. Right, right. exactly. Exactly. Well, it's almost like a reality series. And uh, so I'm, I'm confident. I mean I'm, I'm unabashedly a Democrat, and I, mm-hmm. I want you know, him out of office. And um, it's funny that you had mentioning about um, – I think it was Inslee, the one who yeah. was Jay, dropping Jay off. Jainsley. Yeah. I was listening to Bernie Sanders. He was on the Joe Rogan Report, and uh, they were talking about how having a better um, – being able to talk about an issue for an hour or two hours is much better than doing these sound bites. Yep. Or I'll, I just wonder if the debates are – how helpful it is because if you can't get someone <laughs> talking – about, you know, in detail right, about right. what their plans are, then how can we make an informed decision? And not just attacking each other. Exactly. Right. Well, and uh, I mean, for the for many of the candidates, the debates are just a way for them to get some face time and people say, you right. know, get to recognize their yes. names. Uh, Jay Inslee, eh, the name sort of right. rang a bell with me before. I couldn't have told you who he was or where he was from. I didn't remember that he was running until me either. He yeah. Out. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's you know, and some of these Democratic candidates, uh, the businessman who's self-funding and had a rally, oh, and Yang? only eleven people showed up. Andrew and Yang? No, 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 no. The the guy who looks like a comic book character, the bald guy. Oh, I'd say the white guy. De Blasio? But is it De Blasio? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, De Blasio. Uh, De is the mayor, mayor of New York, New York City. Yeah. I can't they, remember they, his they name. Just anyway, but it's like he's, he's, you know, he's running for president as an act of ego. Mm-hmm. Um, which That's I think, higher. Which I th- – no, 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 no. Because no, no. um, he just jumped in. This is the guy who was making the big faces and oh. – uh, I, yeah, I don't know. He looks like uh, – I won't insult the man. Anyway, I think running for president is an Mr. Act. Magoo is I not an insult. 
<laughs> well, I was going three stooges. But um, <laughs> no, I, I think it. I think it is a. It's an act of ego for many people, sure. and I think for some of these candidates, it's it's a way to raise money and then right. pivot to yeah. run for Senate or right. run for something. It was like, right. but I've raised more money than I would have right. in my home state. Right. Um, you know, or. In the, even in the case of Trump, when he was running for president, did he honestly think he was going to win? No, no. it was an act of ego. Yes, he was trying to get well, you marketing. know me, trying to get media time. Yes. yes, and pivot to something else, and then the pivot never happened. Right, and yeah, that's the price price we pay. Yeah, and here we are. Yes. Yeah, it's become an incredible civics lesson. Let's get into an origin story, uh, Dave Garrett. Um, Tell us how you got involved in theater. Well, let's begin with the beginning. Are you from the Bay Area? I grew up in Sunnyvale, uh, which, for those of you who don't know the Bay Area, is uh, slightly north of San Jose. Uh, large Silicon Valley. Well, well see, the thing is, I grew up in Silicon Valley before it was Silicon Valley. Right. That's how old I am. Mm -hmm. Growing up in Sunnyvale, your parents either worked for Lockheed which mm -hmm. had a manufacturing plant. Mm -hmm. They were stationed at Moffett Field Naval Air Station. Right. <coughs> or they were uh, – they worked at the Westinghouse factory. Mm -hmm. uh, or they worked for – Didn't, didn't Hewlett-Packard uh, – wasn't that around that area? The, the Hewlett-Packard came out of uh, Palo Alto. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, the fourth option was the Libby's Cannery because it right. was all – it was all orchards. Yes. Mm. Uh, when I was in junior high school, they were building a brand new post office for the city of Sunnyvale. And I thought, well, you're putting it out in the middle of a plum orchard. That uh -huh. makes no sense. Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Well, they, you know, they hadn't explained to the junior high school kids that they had plans for that orchard. They leveled it all. And that post office is now where, you know, Yahoo headquarters is, right. and it's, you know, they yeah. had planned for that to become a whole business mm. park. So, mm -hmm. you know, Silicon Valley was just in its early stages. My mom right. was an early employee of Intel back in the day. Wow, in the early days. Yeah, she was, uh, I think, employee 405 or uh -huh. something like that. Yeah. She worked wow. for a company called the Microma Watch Company, which made one of the first digital watches. Perf. You pressed a button, it showed you the time. You right. pressed another button, it showed you the seconds. You pressed a third button, it showed you the date. That was it. Yeah. 135, uh, 135 bucks for that watch. Damn, back in, then. In the early and, 70s, yeah. And, and this is, you know, now you can put a quarter in a machine at the grocery store and get a watch that does the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember those. Do you have any siblings? I have two younger brothers. Okay. Uh, and they both have nothing to do with theater. Uh, ah. Well, I take it back. My my brother, uh, youngest brother, sometimes volunteers for the local theater company and runs sound. Uh, one of my nieces has done oh, theater in the past. Mm. Um, up in uh, Sonora, uh, which is oh, okay. uh, east east of Stockton, as they say, mm -hmm. as the as the crow flies. Mm -hmm. Is that not the is that the company that does auditions here? They occasionally do. Yeah, yeah. there is a there is a company that does uh, equity auditions out here. Yeah. I think it's Sonora Repertory Theater or I can't something like that. It is. It's definitely an S. It's, there's an <laughs> S in there. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Sunnyvale and uh, then moved to L.A. area to go to high school. 
And then oh, uh, where? High school where? I went to Van Nuys High School oh. in the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. Paula Abdul was in my class. Wow. <laughs> Very sweet person. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, she is hot then as she is, or, uh, well, she's still hot now. She was, a, she was the... Uh, I mean, she was a head cheerleader. She well, yeah. Was, uh, yeah by definition, class president. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, she was a very sweet person. Wow. wow, nice. Now, were you involved in theater in high school? I was not. Okay. Um, I, the theater kids were the snobs in my high school. They were all, you know, <laughs> children of people who were in the industry. So, oh. you know, there was a certain elitism to the theater program. I was a choir geek. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't. I when I went to I. I after high school, uh, went to uh, junior college and took a couple of acting classes, and I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a musical. I did Three Penny Opera. They Ooh. Oh, nice. They were going to cut the Mac the Knife song. Really? Um, oh, no. Don't which do is that. done by the street singer. It's at the top of the right. show. Yeah. And they were going to cut it uh, because they thought, well, it doesn't really add to the story or whatever. And then, you know. They cast me in the play, and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Dave's got a pretty decent voice. Let's add the song back in. Good. There you um, go. <laughs> so that was, my, that was my claim to fame. That's funny. Um, and then I didn't do theater for about six years. Um, you know, I left college. I decided I wanted to work for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, went back to school. I was taking film classes, and I decided I was going to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last semester before I transferred to San Francisco State, I was going to be a film major at San Francisco State. Um, I was taking my GE, and I took a theater history class, mm-hmm. uh, Ancient Greeks through Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I got so excited by that history class that I showed up to San Francisco State my first day, and I said, um, so I'm thinking of changing my major mm-hmm. to theater. Is that okay? And the film department, which had a – long line of people dying to get into the film department Mm -hmm. they were like yeah fine whatever and i went to the theater department i said i'm thinking of changing my major to theater is that okay and it's like you're a man yes (laughs) 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 and there you were so you studied theater at san francisco state i studied theater at san francisco state me too uh yeah norman was there i think after me no i don't know i think i graduated in 90 90 yeah, I graduated in '89, so oh, I think you showed I'm up just showing up. You showed yeah. up just after I left. Yeah, I because I was there. I started going in '88, but I stayed away from the theater department for about a year, and then I couldn't help it. Those were my golden years. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's all been downhill. Yeah, but the theater. I, it's nice in the Bay Area the theater community. There is a uh, San Francisco State Mafia uh, that's out there. A lot of folks, uh, Michael Torres, you know, was at San Francisco mm. State. He was getting out just as I was coming in, mm-hmm. and you know, just a lot of folks have come out of that program, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, they they offer some really good training there. Yeah. Speaking of training, what type of um, um, techniques, if, if any, uh, like Meisner or um, um, I, you know, it's. I haven't really done any in-depth studying. It's mm-hmm. the theater program at San Francisco State is, not, is, right? is, is yeah. pretty much kind of a hodgepodge. Those are just the basics, like beats and objectives and how to analyze a script. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Story. It's all Stanislavski-based, and then you do exercises from Meisner. You do exercises from 
Lecoq training and you know it's and depending on I, the instructor yeah yeah it depends on the instructor and when I, I went to UC Davis to get my MFA uh, it's pretty much the same approach there ah. they expose you to a bunch of different things mm-hmm. as opposed to saying this you know, is the way this yeah. is the way and yeah. not all schools are like that uh, but the two schools that I went to that was the training mm-hmm. that I got cool Cool. Um, so, did you come back to the Bay? I mean, did you get right back, get into theater? I mean, how was the theater? I imagine you got into the theater scene in the mid '90s. Uh, yeah, I got back to the theater scene. I uh, got back to the Bay Area in '92, um, and you know, I auditioned and auditioned and auditioned. I was active with the Playwright Center of San Francisco for a long time. Oh, nice. Charlie Lur- was Charlie Lurigo there. Uh, I don't recall that name. This okay. was again. This is mid '90s. So okay. Well, he's he's rather old he, old guy, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that he was. Yeah. Involved back but in any case, yeah. I remember back then. Yeah. Was that still at the Sheldon Center or somewhere else? This was no, back when they were at, at the Fort Blue Mers- at Fort Mason at the yeah. Blue Bear School ah, of Music. Ah, got yeah. it. Yes, at the Blue Bear School of Music. I still enjoy um, that. Um, yeah, but you know, I auditioned here, auditioned there, and you know. Got cast in a couple of things. I was starting to accumulate my equity points, and it just it just got to be <coughs> such a hustle that I I gave it up for a while. Oh, interesting. I, I walked away, and even now, uh, I, d- I don't audition a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I don't put myself out there as much as I used to. I, and I still work every once mm-hmm. in a while if I hear about a project I'm excited about. Or yeah, I you know. Back in the late 90s, it was I did like eight shows in a row where I didn't have to audition. It was like, hey, Dave, we're doing a show. Come right. come act with us or come to the callbacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, and all those folks have moved away from the Bay Area now. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it's sort of a recurring theme where if someone gets really, really hot, they're like, okay, see you later. And right. they're gone. And then there are some folks who enjoy the community part of it. They're not necessarily into being famous, but they just love the camaraderie that they sort of stick around. They or create. they have roots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they have roots, or yeah, or they, they have a family, or they have a day job that right. you know that mm-hmm. helps support their theater habit. You know, th- that's the challenge I think of the Bay Area, is that there's only you know maybe a couple handful of people who can do it full time mm-hmm. and and be a working professional. Most folks are. You know, even a lot of equity actors are, oh, yeah. are just, you know. I, I would say almost I've, all. I've got my day job, and, yep. you know, I pick up gigs where I can. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Um, tell me about this uh, these, this one-off theater company that you had. Um, it was a, just it was a project that uh, I floated uh, with an uh, associate of mine named Cassie. Uh, God. My brain is just ah! not the way it used to you. What's Cassie's last name? Cassie Maggio. Uh, Christant, um, and you know, we did a show, got a couple of shows uh, years ago, and she's a musical theater person and has mm-hmm. a bu- done a fair amount of cabaret. Uh, she had just moved back to the Bay Area. She was excited about moth uh, performances, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about doing a one-person show type. Mm-hmm. I did a, uh, a couple of workshops, and, mm-hmm. you know, my thought was – to do this type of thing where, you you know, I put together a 10-minute monologue and then mm-hmm. pair it with a song. And she got excited about it. We met at a Christmas party. Um, we got excited about it. We threw it together and uh, tried to make it work. And uh, it had its challenges, but we've had an audience. I thought it went really well. Um, it's just uh, 
trying to keep that momentum going is the mm -hmm. challenge of right. you know any theater company or any theater idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but we did some performances at the uh, Creativity Theater, which is at the uh, Children's Creativity Museum. Mm -hmm. uh, I work there. Uh, that's my day job. Well, that's see, and I wanted to back you up a little bit because you kind of jumped over each one reach one, which is where we met. Yeah. Um, doing playwriting in. <coughs> youth facilities, mm -hmm. mostly juvenile detention, but yeah. not exclusively. Um, and Dave has been the lead teacher from almost, it's funny, it took me like two years to get involved with the organization. I got in, this other guy was running things, and then bam, he was gone. And Dave was suddenly, I was like, who is this guy? Wow, the head teacher, they, they had a lot <coughs> of uh, confidence in you. Well, you know, I, I was uh, I had been a mentor with the program, working one on one with the kids. And when, the way the program works is that you have a lead instructor, who kind of, you know, does lectures and leads the exercises. And then you have uh, actors and writers and you know artists who mm -hmm. are working with the kids one on one as they yeah. write their own plays. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lead instructor, a guy named Tom Kellogg, who helped found the organization, and he was coming up from L.A. to do these programs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was I worked under him for well, a couple of years, maybe mm -hmm. three, four years. And um, he left the organization, and they brought in some folks from outside the organization. Mm -hmm. And they were, in my mind, less successful at leading the programs than Tom was. Mm -hmm. um, because working with incarcerated kids, it's a very it's it's a very specialized thing, and yeah, it's like sure. you know. We had one of our instructors was like, "Yeah, oh, we're gonna teach about social justice," and it's like, "No, not we, these kids. We don't have time. We, we got to write plays, yeah. and you know." Yeah, yeah. So I just and, and I, the fact is, we do teach about social justice, but we do by very d directly dealing with these kids where they're at. Yeah, and encouraging them to try to see the world in a yeah. new way. Yeah. So I just I put myself, you know, forward as I I know the program I. Uh, Put together a syllabus and said, "This is what we do, mm -hmm. and this is these is how I would approach it." And it was very much in uh, the tradition of what mm -hmm. had been done. And then I just kind of stuck with it and and uh, gave it a wonderful and, shape. And you know, been and, in, you know leading the programs for yeah fifteen years. About, wow, about that, fifteen years. That's amazing. You know, when I hear about, let's say, someone comes in, I'm going to teach social justice. A lot of times. A kid doesn't want to be preached to. Right. They want they have a voice themselves. Right. So I imagine the emphasis instead of being here, sit there and let me lecture you and let me just pour the knowledge in. Instead, it sounds like from the writing projects and and putting together a show that the kids create, they're the ones who are pushing their voice. They're the ones talking. Absolutely, and it's yeah. you know the, the program is very much about what is it that you want to right. share with the world what yeah. do you care about right. what do you care about and you know it's uh, we we have an invited audience that comes to listen to these plays which is powerful but we also say you know we're going to put them up on a website this is like a message in a bottle yeah and this is your opportunity not just to speak your truth but to say hey old people mm -hmm. this is what it's like to be a young person in this world today because yes. It's changed a lot, mm -hmm. especially since I was a kid. Dear Lord. Yeah, no, um, I think it's, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, it's, it's. I tell them, I'm not interested in telling my story. I want you to tell your story. Mm -hmm. And it can be autobiographical. Mm -hmm. It can be purely fiction. It's mm -hmm. up to you. Yeah. What is the message that you want to send? Now, here's a question for you. And I guess 
the both of you is, is dealing with each one, reach one, because you come in as a theater person, but also you're dealing with individuals who may who don't have, let's say, structure or discipline. So, mm-hmm. do you have to sort of put on the other hat of, hey, you need to pay attention to me, or, or do you deal with disciplinary issues? Of course. Yeah, I, it's and a lot of it is just reading the room and mm-hmm. knowing when to. Uh, put your foot down and when to, you know, give them, give them a little rein and let them run. Sure. Um, and in many times, you know, they're watching each other. And you, oh, there's definitely a hierarchy mm-hmm. amongst the kids. Right. Sure. Um, you know, we, we did a program. It's every once in a while you get a kid who has been there long enough mm-hmm. that we come back and do a second program. Mm-hmm. And they've been there and, and they do the program a second time. Yeah. Uh, we did a program. Uh, this is years ago but you know we had a, a return uh student who was mm-hmm. there and he was excited about doing it again but there was another student in the class and he was just giving me a hard time oh. he was just you know testing me right mm-hmm. and finally from the corner the return student said hey knock it off dave's a homie and i thought oh <laughs> <laughs> hey there you go that's Holy what you crap. need <laughs> big fat middle-aged white guy's a homie <laughs> Yeah, and I brought it up because no one trains you to deal with that. I mean, you know, you you can go ahead. Well, no, that's I was going to say exactly what you're saying. That um, what was wonderful going through this process with Dave was watching as mm-hmm. he would adjust and then realize this is successful, so we're going to keep this, or mm-hmm. this is someplace I can expand, and then always looking for some way to to still keep it fresh. Every group is different. Every group of boys, every time you think you know what's going on, there's going to be some element that is not what you expected. And if you try to force it into that, you know, that square peg, round hole, mm-hmm. you're, you're just going to be frustrating yourself, frustrating the kid. If instead you let go in that moment and read the room. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about, and it's funny, I'm trying to find somebody to replace me this fall. And there's one young woman I want to ask, but I asked her to sub for me once, and she went into this 15-minute lecture. And I was like, going back to the Greeks. Oh. She was, and I'm like, we are going to do scene work. The Greeks is not really a great reference point for scene work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing Greek scenes. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. And the kids were checking out, and I'm like, you know, I learned from Dave. You go... If you're going to go more than five minutes, boy, you got to let the kids know. I know this is a lot, but mm-hmm. let me just make one more point. <clears throat> I had a quick question for you, Dave. Um, thinking back to you growing up in Sunnyvale, was that a – I'm, I'm from the East Coast. I'm yeah. from Washington, D.C. Was that a conservative environment? I, I'm always interested in how hmm. – uh, it, it may not have been at all um, – how, let's say, someone – because when you're involved in theater, I think it's somehow it's it's I think it's a very liberal thing. It's one of those things where you're connecting with people from different diversities, different backgrounds, different standings, and you're like, hey, I don't care how different you are. I'm just let's just do the theater. Let's do our thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people from certain backgrounds they they can't get their mindsets into that. And some of them may think of theater as well. We're going to do Oklahoma. We're going to do Annie Get Your Gun. You know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess my question is. Was it was when you grew up? Was it a conservative environment? And how did you, um, if if it were, how did you open your mind to you know connecting with people like each one reach one? You know, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah, I you know I don't. When I was growing up, I didn't. I was totally 
unaware of politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, we knew we hated Nixon, but we didn't know why. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I remember. You know, we took a poll in my sixth grade class. I believe it was sixth grade. You know, it was like. Nixon versus McGovern, and, you know, McGovern won in a landslide, but we didn't know why. Mm. We just knew we didn't like Nixon. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when I was in junior high school, you know, we, I, when I was in junior high school, I had a, a great teacher who would take a handful, of, a handful of us up to San Francisco and, and see theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing a uh, one-man show by Emlyn Williams, uh, where he was kind of doing uh, interpretations of uh, things by Charles Dickens. And Mm. I'm pretty sure this was at ACT. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing Cyrano de Bergerac uh, Mm. when I was in. This is seventh, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the local high school did uh, a Jesus Christ Superstar. This was 76. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, theater was there. Yeah. I'm, I, didn't, <clears throat> I didn't think of it as something that was liberal or, liberal or conservative. It was just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, they had uh, – my family is all from the area up in the hills uh, surrounding Sacramento. Um, and in Sacramento, they had a musical theater uh, – summer program called Music Circus. I don't know if right. it still I exists. Think they, I think they still do, yeah. Um, and, and it was basically just repertory. Every week they'd do a new musical. Mm. Wow. Um, <coughs> yeah, it was, it was nuts. I mean, the people would show up. You were expected to be off book. Mm. And they'd do a basic blocking. It was kind of an in-the-round small stage. Mm. And yeah. bam, they would put it up. And I remember seeing it. But, uh, you know, I didn't think of it as... It was just something you did. It yeah. wasn't. Well, it didn't have a political edge to it. Yeah, and maybe politics is the wrong word. I think I mean just diversity. Some people are open to diversity. Some people have to be sort of dragged into it, or mm-hmm. they're not. They're not open to diversity at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up in Sunnyvale, it, 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 largely white, uh, but there was a, a decent uh, Latino community, mm. um, and. There was some some racial tension, I, but again, I'm kind of clueless that way. Okay. Um, going to high school in Los Angeles, uh, it was a lot more pronounced. I remember. I'm yeah, you know, I'm kind of a smartass. I showed up <laughs> first day, in, uh-huh. first day in tenth grade to uh, Van Nuys High School, and I'm joking around, and you know, one of the guys said, "Hey." If you want trouble, you're going to get it because we had race riots here two years ago. Mm. And it's like, what? what? Oh, Oh. Mm. okay. But it was, I mean, there, um, there was a a small Latino population, but there was also a a large segment of the campus that was being bussed in from central Mm. L.A. Mm. Um, And there was not a lot of integration at all. I mean, I think, you know, maybe the football team, Mm-hmm. <laughs> was the only place where there was any sort of integration. Sure. Yeah, but it sounds like you didn't have to make a transition within your mind, like, oh, my God, I'm in this new you know, environment or whatever. I mean, I was sort of fortunate, although I grew up in D.C., considered the chocolate city. I went mm-hmm. to New York uh, and, you know, uh, in college, and 
I was sort of the minority, but, you know, I never had to break myself out of, oh, wow, I have to deal with people who are different. It was just a sort of a natural thing. I think there are people who grow up in conservative, whether it be conservative black or white or whatever you are, you can be put into such a box that it's hard to break out of that. You know, there are people who stay in their communities forever and ever and ever. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's life is a learning experience, and I definitely – my mind is a lot more open than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like your mind was very even open as a kid. Well, you know, it's a lot of it is you, you know, you reflect the attitudes that are around you. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you take your cues from the adults who are around you. Yeah. And, um, you know, casual racism is one of those things that, you know, people don't think of themselves as racist, but you know, it's like, Hey, but, that joke, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of racist. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's you know that little that little comment there, mm-hmm. that's kind of racist. Yeah. Or that assumption that you're going to walk past all these people to the front of the line because, mm-hmm. because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the awareness—that's the important. The, the thing. awareness, yeah, the awareness is is you know, I growing up and you know, I, don't, I don't think my stepmother will listen to this podcast, but mm. there's a there's a chance. Mm-hmm. But we were watching. Um, go visit my dad and my stepmom uh, mm-hmm. on the weekends when I was a kid. And there was a, a British boxer, a uh, black British boxer. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. Mm-hmm. But um, he had a thick working class accent. Uh, mm, right. And um, his trainer had an Oxford, you know, mm-hmm. upper class British accent. And we're watching this, and he's being interviewed after the fight. And, uh, you know, the comment was thrown out. Oh, look, they talk funny over there, too. And I thought, oh, Jesus, (laughs) that is so fucking racist. (laughs) Um, So, you know, those types of things where it's like it's a it's a casual, Mm -hmm. maybe meant as a joke, but it's like, you know, developing that sense of that's wrong. Sure. My stepfather finally has let go of the word oriental. But uh, I brought it up once, and he was so mad. What are you talking about? I've grown up with that word. They're always – that's what we've always called them. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, but – and I, you just realize yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. young. I should just shut up. <laughs> I, I remember doing the same thing when my first year working. Uh, I worked for the district attorney's office in San Francisco. And uh, I think I've told this story before where I was walking with an attorney. And I was like, there are a lot of – you know, Oriole ladies here. I was like, Red, never say that. Never, never, never. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you got it. You got it. Right. I want to ask you, um, are you getting anything out of Bay Area Theater now? Are you still actively involved? I mean, I'm well, sure. And so I want to push him sure. one more place. Oh, I'm being pushed. We, we met with each one, reach one. Yes. And, and Dave really helped to kind of design and develop the program. But mm-hmm. the program is very sporadic. You can have a year where you do half a dozen programs, and you can have another year where – lucky if four of them actually materialize Mm. um and i feel like you just started to bring some of this sense of this is a way to organize something to hey i can do this in a more stable way it seemed to me like that's how you got to the creativity museum so i guess that's my question well no what led you there uh, creativity museum was mostly you know i'm looking for a day job um but they have a theater there and Mm. the children's creativity museum uh the museum portion of it is all about creative play and kids being able to discover their creative impulses 
and or learn lessons about um, science and mathematics. We're you know going more in the STEM direction mm-hmm. um, through play. Yeah. Um, but we have a theater, and the theater was sitting empty uh, when I got there. It had been dominated by ACT for a long time. Right. Uh, their their uh, graduate program. Graduate program and their uh, teen program. But you know they hired me to activate the theater and uh, also uh, I rent out special events in the museum mm-hmm. to help forward the mission. But anyway, you know, we've now brought in Bay Area Children's Theater. We're now doing after school uh, musical theater classes for kids um, and just activating that space and using performing arts as a way of expressing creativity Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's not just about art Um, we just recently opened a new exhibit uh, surrounding music it used to be just a karaoke thing Mm. uh, where you could do a green screen karaoke Mm -hmm. and the kids loved it but you were only serving one kid at a time and uh, Mm -hmm. you're singing a song written by somebody else recorded by somebody else Mm -hmm. you know all that type of stuff so now we've redone the the uh, music studio space where kids can actually create their own songs. Oh, nice. So we've got recording pods where they can play with a drum machine, they can play with a synthesizer, they can record their own voice, they can use a sampling unit, and then they can do a basic mix wow. of all the it's things like that they've recorded. It's like a mini recording studio. It's like a mini recording studio. It's aimed at, you know, preschool and grade school kids. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing sure. they can break. Yeah. Right. Um, but they get that sense of I can express myself. That's awesome. Ten years and younger? Uh, Twelve, 12, 12 years and younger okay. is what it's aimed at. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fantastic. And that's still going on right now? Yeah. We just opened the music studio uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yay. And uh, we're still working out some of the bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, the response has been amazing. The kids are just loving it. And even in the recording pod, you know, we're – trying to get storytelling in there. Mm-hmm. So kids are with their parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Being able to tell a story and record it. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's great. I forget the point you were trying to make. Norman, well, no, just I wanted to talk about, because I know his next question is to talk about how is Bay Area Theater treating you and how ah. do you see your place in it. And I felt like that was important when you came in there and didn't just become an administrator but actually started saying, what are more ways that we can make this theater active? Yeah, well, and cr- and align the theater with the mission of the museum mm-hmm. uh, because they were kind of treated as separate entities. And mm-hmm. now I'm trying to integrate. We're talking now about how do we go after funding or how do we develop a hunk in the budget that is aimed at bringing performing arts into the museum in a mm-hmm. more strong sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have you know, four-year-olds, three-year-olds who are coming to the museum two or three times a week. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. How do you get performing arts into... Yeah. I'm not just playing with clay, right? I'm I'm also maybe exploring movement or exploring song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do we get performing arts elements into the programming of the museum? And you pretty much answered the question. It's something that you've talked about, Norman, how individuals who will come into Bay Area Theater with, let's say, one expectation, but then they start creating their own niche. Right. And creating their own sort of environment, whether they write their own plays or they write their own, they create their own companies. 
but you sort of created a sort of niche that helps the community. It also, I'm sure you're getting something out of it too, some sort of creativity. It, oh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, well, and, you know, the, the beauty of it is that if there isn't something happening in the theater, mm-hmm. well, you know, Dave wants to teach a one-week playwriting camp for 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Great, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I, they allow me a little bit of freedom uh, cool. to to do my own creative stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the, the uh, cabaret show that we did in the museum, we had an empty week. Mm-hmm. Can we let's put on a show right. you know mm-hmm. uh, so it's yeah, finding ways to um, express yourself and finding ways to <sighs> tell those stories or make yeah. room for other people's stories mm-hmm. so that um, I think yeah theater to me is it's sort of like going to church and mm. there's all kinds of different churches. You know, mm-hmm. you can yeah. go to the big cathedral or you can go to a little mom and pop storefront mm-hmm. church. And, you know, it's finding ways to connect people. And it's not necessarily about there is one message. It's about we're sharing. We're It's a community and we're reflecting and we're creating mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. building community. And I think that's the, the function of theater. Um, mm-hmm. I, oh, it's so hard, though, because it, you know, ultimately, it becomes about how do we sustain it? How do we sure the money? The yeah. money is yeah. is the thing that holds it back. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. And uh, it's funny the analogy of the theater as church. I've heard that before. That's yeah, um, so. the roots of theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you're right. It, it, you know, the the mission is to connect people together through the stories that are told. How can people? Uh, can anyone? Because I know there are friends of mine who have kids who would love that program. Yeah. How, how do they connect to get in? How do they get their kids into, into uh, the program? Into to the Children's Creativity yes. Museum? Well, I mean, the museum itself um, is open to the public, and, you know, we have an admission fee and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go in and you can explore. So it's not an enrollment day. program. It's not. Well, um, but in addition to the museum, we have after-school classes that are run by Bay Area Children's Theater. Okay. Um, so it is an enrollment process, and there is a cost to it. Sure. Um, but, you know, we're looking at, you know, what other things can we do that are part of museum admission. Mm-hmm. One thing that we're pretty proud of at the museum is uh, making the museum accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, uh, Blue Star families get in for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a uh, EBT card, mm-hmm. oh right, you yes. just show it and you mm-hmm. get into the museum for free. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so we actually served uh, over ten thousand people last year, which is about a tenth of our total admissions, mm-hmm. at no cost. Oh, okay. People who are just able to come in, uh-huh. their kids are able to play, they're able to go into the animation studio and make their own short film. Oh, nice. Uh, they're able to go into the music studio and make their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, music. Mm-hmm. They can do an engineering challenge. We have robot coding. Mm. Uh, we've got all wow, kinds all of things of that stuff. that kids can get involved yeah, with yeah. and start to, you know, express themselves through mm-hmm. uh, art and technology. Wow, that is fantastic. And we'll, we'll put a link to that because I think um, mm-hmm. there are a lot. Of, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't know about this this uh, this opportunity, this resource for kids. Yes, yeah, it's a little hidden. I mean, it's, it's a little mm-hmm. hidden gem. Uh, it's, it's at Moscone Center mm-hmm. and in that complex. And yeah, for folks who have been around the bay for a while, it used to be called the Zeum. Uh-huh. Um, we rebranded about 
six, seven years yeah. ago. I think I know this area. I think that Bindlestiff may have rented out the space. Um, Probably so, yeah. Yeah, for rehearsals. I think I've had rehearsals at the space because mm. it, it was sort of like a, it looked like a space for kids, but at the time well, there was nothing there. as you there. walk into it, there's that sense. But when you walk into the theater, it's a gorgeous – oh, it's a gorgeous Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, SF Playhouse is using it for their sandbox series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are – uh, for two of their three sandbox shows. Mm-hmm. And Bay Area Children's Theater does uh, all five of their touring performances. Mm. So they're in our mm-hmm. space for, well, easily 20 weeks a year doing mm-hmm. uh, theater for children and their families. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. We'll put a link so that people can learn more about Bay Area Children's Theater and uh, and more about you. We run into the one-hour mark. Oh, what? <laughs> Shout-outs. <laughs> Time goes. Birthdays. Birthdays. I, I feel so bad because there were two weeks when we weren't doing this, and I feel like I skipped those people. I'll think about something I can do to help them out. But right now, birthdays this week, this coming week, uh, Kelly Ground, who is, I think at one point, was officially the representative for equity in the area, and now she sort of unofficially does it. Um, Ellen Sebastian Chang's birthday is coming up Tuesday. Mm-hmm. People who don't know, amazing <coughs> director. Um, goes all the way back to the days when Whoopi Goldberg was doing her solo work. Um, Clive Worsley. Is Clive still at Cal Shakes right now? I believe you know? so, yeah. Uh, educational director at Cal Shakes. Also an amazing actor, wonderful director, great teacher. Uh, Dave Mayer, who is synonymous with stage combat in the Bay Area. Yeah. Anytime the question comes up about stage combat, the first name out of anybody's mouth anymore is Dave Mayer. Um, and I think he's sort of in residence at, um, at Berkeley Rep. You know? He's at Berkeley Rep. He also is, uh, he, uh, I believe he's the, the fight captain, if not the fight, main fight choreographer for SS Opera. Oh, I didn't know that. And he just did the fight choreography for uh, the show at Cal Shakes right now, the oh, House okay. of Joy. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Uh, Prince Gomavia, who is a playwright, who I can't say Bay Area playwright. Uh, he seems like he's always traveling anymore. Um, Daryl Ross is a local African-American actor. Uh, and Nathaniel Justiniano, hope I said that correctly. Nathaniel, I did a show with about, about a decade ago. Maybe a little less than that, maybe eight years ago. Um, and I didn't know him from Adam. He's an amazing performer. And then uh, not long ago at Fort Point they did the Scottish play. And he was just incredible. He was so amazing. And it turns out he's also got all these circus skills. And that's sort of what he thinks of himself as. I just think he's an amazing actor. So anyway, those are the birthdays I have. And I've got a couple of birthdays. Um, Tina Marzell. Uh, I acted with her in Candide. She uh, did the, um, there's a woman who sings, uh, I Am Not So Assimilated. That's a very famous song. Oh. And, uh, yeah, she is, her, her birthday is on Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, on Tuesday, Aaron Henney, he is an excellent playwright. Uh, he uh, wrote, he was in Gary Gray's program, and mm-hmm. uh, he did Mesmeric Revelation which was at Central Works uh, in 2012. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll, I, you know, he's just an amazing uh, writer and director. I think he's operating in L.A. now. Uh, and so his birthday is on Tuesday. Wednesday, an amazing vocal coach for those folks who are looking for a vocal coach, Pamela Hicks. Mm-hmm. She's been the, uh, she was the resident vocal coach uh, for the Douglas Morrison Theater for a long time. Uh-huh. And so uh, she was involved in One Ten in the Shade, Candide, um, 
Grey Gardens, which I was involved in. So if you're looking for a vocal coach, um, go on Facebook, look up Pamela Hicks, and uh, hit her up in. Um, she'll help you out. Mm. So her birthday is on Wednesday, and I've got uh, one other person, Michaela Bennett. You remember that name? Michaela yes, Bennett? Yes, Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you had held out or if you had just forgotten her. No, no, no. I, I didn't come up. Maybe she's not. Maybe we're not friends. Well, and no, no, no. I mean, you maybe you should re-hit uh, her up again. But uh, she uh, was involved in Before the Dream, yeah. one of the biographers. Yeah, she was wonderful. Yeah, and I don't know where she is these days. I don't know if she just sort of disappeared, but no, she was a wonderful presence. Mm-hmm. So her birthday is Thursday, will be Thursday. Yay. That's all that I have. Uh, shows, and Dave, if you've got anything, feel free to throw shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, Anton's Wells. Next show is called Knives in Hens. It's by David Harwer, and it'll be at the Brooklyn Preserve. I feel so bad about not doing more to promote the last thing they did, which was a two one X by Carol Churchill. Oh my God, it was so sublime. I mean, you know, it's it's a that's a word that you always have to be careful about how to use, but it really was. It was just something sweet and light and heartfelt and gorgeous and amazing theater. And so anytime I can promote an Anton's Wells show, I want to because I just think he does incredible work. So the next one is called Knives in Hens, and that will be starting At the Brooklyn Reserve? Yeah, uh, okay. two weeks from now. Do we have any friends who are in there? Um, I don't know who's in it. Okay. <laughs> I just know that Robert is directing it. Uh, Working for the Mouse is going to be also – these are all two weeks out. I wonder if I've got anything closer. Uh, but that's a solo show done by Trevor – Alan, uh, his piece, and he'll be doing that up in Vallejo. And I thought I had the um, the show for Central Works, but if you got one, go for it. While I uh, Rowan at the Gakes is at Central That's Works. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's extended until August the twenty fifth, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it ends tomorrow. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, I just sent out an email this week saying that people weren't coming to the extension. I was like, oh, oh no. Maybe it'll be extended again. I don't I have no idea. But Rowan at the Gates, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know anything about the show, but, right. you know, a Central Works show is a pretty good show. show. It's yeah. a world premiere, probably. Uh, also ending tonight, um, Bindlestiff Studios does a thing called Granny Cart Gangsters. Uh, I think it's sort uh-huh. of a Saturday Night Live thing, but sort of towards the Philippine community. Mm-hmm. But they're very fun. Of course, anyone can go. You don't have to be Filipino to go. Sure. And it's called Bukaka, which is a sort of a riff on a very um, – not so nice word, but, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so we have a link to that. Um, also, the Glass Menagerie, uh, the Ooh. Role Players Ensemble is doing that. Uh, That'll open, actually, August the 30th. Mm-hmm. It'll end September the 15th. And our good friend Alicia Von Kugelian mm-hmm. is Dolly in Hello, Dolly. Oh, And where? that'll be at the DMT. Oh, nice. That's a, that'll be a, a ways away, but she yet. she uh, announced that she made the audition. You know, I, I'm always it's always wonderful when you jump on Facebook and an actor actor actress like I got the part. Right, I know. And she uh, got the part, so that'll open up November the seventh through the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a while for that. But hello, Dolly. That'll be at the DMT, starring Alicia von Kugelgen. And I Free Shakespeare in the Park. That's as right. You like it. We're finishing up Redwood City this weekend, and mm-hmm. then we'll be in San Francisco starting next weekend. Fantastic. So we'll be at uh, Sidio um, for the first couple of weeks, I think, mm-hmm. and then we go down to McLaren Park, which I still haven't <laughs> gone to. I've got to go look at this because they keep telling us it's an amphitheater. There are no trees. Our set is designed to be with 
a backdrop of big mm. trees around us. Mm. Is that, so is that Jerry Garcia that. Amphitheater? Or they have I a, don't know. Oh, man. I, I want to say that McLaren Park has an amphitheater named after Jerry Garcia. It, it, it may be. Yeah. Um, They're telling us the audience will be far away from us and we'll just have to get used to yeah. it. There you go. Uh, quick uh, uh, shout out. Uh, my wife works for Shotgun Players. And Shotgun right on. Players, they're in previews right now for The Flick. I've heard about the flick. Uh, and it's uh, Pay What You Can previews. So mm-hmm. uh, their opening night is next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it's not Pay What You Can after uh, next Thursday. Right. But, uh, yeah, go see the flick at Shotgun Players, uh, directed yeah. by John Tracy. Ah. Yeah. They, uh, looking at the advertisements, it's uh, I guess it's about movies or a uh, It takes a place movie? in a movie theater. Okay. Uh, it's three employees. uh, uh Encountering each other. I don't know a ton about the show, but they're okay. encountering each other and discussing life while they're cleaning up a movie theater. Ah, I like it. I, I, you know, I like the premise. That'll be fun. <laughs> and the shotgun. It's you know, if you, it's right off the Ashby Bart, so it's, it's right easy across to get the to. Street. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I've got one last thing to announce. Of course, I'm very you know podcast centric, and uh, Will Hammond and I are launching a new podcast called Black in the Bay. Ah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're black? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Such the rumor is. And so Will and I, and of course it's open to anyone to listen, uh, but we will be discussing all sorts of issues from a black perspective. It's something we've been talking about. Right. And we're no, going to kick it off. Excited. We're going to kick it off on Wednesday. Hey. And uh, we'll see how far it goes. Cool. Hey. David, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, it's fun just sitting around chewing the fat. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> and now the world, you know, more of the world gets to know about you and uh, all the great works that you've been doing. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. Okay, here is my blurb. You can find the A on the Of course, you're listening to the A already, but tell your friends. You can listen to the A on uh, the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. Really, any app that you listen to your podcasts, um, you can find us also we're on spotify i've mentioned that before so that's a great thing that's a new thing that's good yeah if you're an old stogie like me and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop instead of the phone you can uh use itunes just click on itunes go on store use the search engine on the upper right hand side and search for the a and you'll find us for android users go on the soundcloud app or just go download soundcloud go on soundcloud.com or just download the soundcloud app and you will find us the Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. What else were we on? <laughs> I think that's uh, it. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Dave, do you have Instagram, Snapchat, anything you like know, that? Facebook? No. I'm on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, of course. But don't look me up. I'm not worth it. <laughs> No, no, no. If you're looking for a fantastic actor, and uh, it sounds like you're a great singer, too. Are you a... I uh, yes, he is. Yeah. First tenor, second tenor? Um, I, you know, I'm what they call a Broadway tenor. Okay. Which means I can't hit the high notes, but I think I can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> but in any case, uh, anyone in music theater and you're looking for a singer or if you're looking for a great actor... Dave Garrett is the one for you. Hit him up on Facebook. Thank you very much. And we We gotta gotta find find a better sign off. And we are out.